It's time for Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group with financial advisors Kevin Corhorn, Mike Bernard, and Josh Gregory. Welcome to another episode of the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group, where every week we're helping you take your next wise step in your financial life. Thanks for being here, friends. My name is Mike Bernard. I'm your host. I'm also one of the certified financial planners on the program. And with me in the KFG studios, my business partners and fellow CFPs, Kevin Corhorn and Josh Gregory. Social Security recipients will be receiving a significant cost of living adjustment to their benefits for 2023. But the question is, will this also come with an unwelcome tax surprise? We're going to help you plan ahead and avoid this tax increase, that and more on today's episode. That's right. I I think you're actually going to feel this increase. It's big enough. We're going to get into the details. It's big enough. Yes, we're facing inflation, but this increase is based on the inflation we've had. Lots of people thinking it's going to start coming down, and so we'll see. We'll we'll talk about it, but there's a, a tax issue we're going to help you avoid. Uh, if you have a question, need some help, we're here to help you. You can call or text us, 574-222-2000, that's 574-222-2000, online, wisemoneyshow.com, and then all over social media, wherever you're at, we are there as well. Search the Wise Money Show, connect with us that way. Okay, so every single year, the Social Security Administration gives gives recipients an increase based on the based on inflation. It's actually not the CP lie. It's the CP lie W, which is for urban wage earners, whatever that means. It's a mystery. Okay. So they just make it up. Okay. Um, but you get a little adjustment based on what inflation was last year, and you get that adjustment to your social security social security for the upcoming year. This year, it's the largest increase in 40 years, but it's going to create some some tax issues for many, many, many people. We're going to help you avoid that. Let's first break down the cost of living adjustment. Well, it, it was announced, and maybe you've heard by now that it's 8.7% higher starting in 2023. Everybody's getting that large of a, a pay increase. And as Mike said, that's the largest we've seen in decades. You, you have to go back to the late 70s, beginning of the 80s to see anything at this level. But uh, it has been higher in the past. In fact, uh, back in 1980, I believe that's the highest that we've ever seen, and that was 14.3%. And uh, more and more people are kind of drawing parallels and similarities between the 70s or coming out of the 70s and the the life we're living right now, the, the amount of inflation that we're experiencing. So it's not a surprise to see this number getting up there into those levels that we saw back in in that era. It's it's pretty fascinating if you were to look at this chart. I'm looking at it right now from from ssa.gov showing the historical cost of living adjustment. Last year for 2021 it was 5.9% increase. For 2022 it's going to be that 8.7 that Josh mentioned. Um that's higher than any other year. 2008 was 5.8% going into 08. That's interesting. It's followed by two goose eggs. No cost of living adjustment in 2009 or 2010. Um, that history that or that time period that you referenced, Josh, late 70s, early 80s, it was 6.5%, then 9.9%, then 14.3%, then 11 then 7 So hopefully we don't see that stretch because, guys, that means inflation – is you know staying longer and has been even worse than what we've experienced right now. Well, and that's what the Fed has been saying lately, right? Oh, maybe inflation is a, a little more stubborn than we thought, or maybe we're going to have to raise interest rates a, a bit more than we imagined. And that's just comparing to what they said two months ago. 
So, you know, if, if they're changing their story that rapidly and not getting caught up with inflation, then uh, it, it may be that we're going to keep on experiencing this for a bit longer and interest rates are going to continue to rise and so on. And, and that is why people are looking back to history and saying, yeah. well, have we ever experienced anything like this? And yes, we have as you, a country. Are you trying to light the fuse, Josh? You get me really upset. Uh, see if I, I can get you riled I this saw, morning. I, so I saw, some, I saw someone post this that in, the, in June of 2021, the Fed projected that the Fed's, Fed funds rate right now in 2023, sorry, in 2023, that they expected the Fed's funds rate to be less than 1%. Mm-hmm. In June of 2021, just about a year ago, they were projecting the Fed funds rate that they control, by the way, to be less than 1% in 2023. They have been wrong every step of the way, and it's not even close. Okay, back to cost of living <laughs> adjustment. I, you I, go on you average, got that off your chest there? Yeah, no, I feel worse right now. Probably you feel worse too. Uh, the average retiree, their Social Security is, is 1600 1680 This increase is going to be on average about 150 bucks. You're not average. You're somewhere around there. You're going to want to do that math. Um, so you'll probably feel that. If you're married, you know, that's $300 increase per month. Yeah, and there there's a, there's a little... It, like a consolation prize about your Medicare Part B premium. So that goes down from 170 to 164. Yep. But that is, if you look at that, it goes down to 164. Just a couple of years ago, it was 135. Mm-hmm. Right. So this is, it's, it's, so, it's so confusing because if you don't stay up on this stuff and you don't follow it closely, and this is where, if this is a show about um, financial planning, we're not here to pontificate about what inflation is or what it should be, and should there be a pivot, and should we increase the Fed funds rate, or should we decrease it, um, um, monetary easing, tightening, any of this stuff. What we're here to talk about is, okay, if you have more money, and for some people, uh, fixed income means more to them than others because some people have a fixed income with lots of flexibility and some people are have a fixed income and they're making some really tough choices Mm -hmm. and i would say no matter where you are in this spectrum things are changing and if you're not if you're not tuning in right now you're 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 going to miss an opportunity yeah right right okay so this show is about planning and so it's not just hey this is fantastic you're going to get a big uh, you're going to get this 8.7% increase in your Social Security. There's actually side effects, or or how does that impact the rest of your financial life, guys? This is the big news. This this you have to approach your finances from a comprehensive uh, perspective, looking at all six areas. So an increase in your Social Security, what else will that impact? It likely is going to impact your taxes. We you first need to understand how Social Security is taxed, and then we'll kind of share what the issue is here. Yeah, Social Security taxation is maybe one of the most confusing areas of the tax code. And especially as you're transitioning into retirement, you're ready to start drawing Social Security. No one's ever taught you how this works. And so a lot of people get surprised. Some people assume, oh, I don't pay any tax on my Social Security. Right. They say, it was a tax coming out of my paycheck as I was working. Therefore, I get it tax-free in retirement. Exactly. That would make sense, right? 
but this is the tax code we're talking about. So, um, but here, here's the thing: you may also know people who don't pay any tax on their social security, and they might actually tell you it's not taxable. Period. Right. As if that is the truth and applies to everyone. Exactly. And so, he, here's what you need to understand: it all depends upon what your other sources of income are. Mm-hmm. There is a crazy calculation. It takes a long form or some fancy software to, to come up with a number here. But basically what it's doing is it's taking all of your other sources of income, like your interest, and maybe you get some rent, or maybe you draw some money out of your retirement accounts that are, are taxable. Maybe you work a part-time job in retirement. Add all that up and throw on top of it half of your Social Security. And then we measure that that crazy calculation, this interesting number that you come up with, they call it provisional income. They measure it against a threshold. And once your income, once that calculation goes over a certain threshold, it's 25 grand for an individual, 32,000 for a married couple, then you have to start counting some of your social security on the tax return. Mm -hmm. And the more of that income that you build, maybe you pull an extra chunk out of your IRA one year because you want to buy a car or take an extra vacation or something. Or life's just getting more expensive and and you were taking 1500 out of your IRA and now you say, I, I need two grand. I need 2200 because life's more expensive. All of a sudden that happens and that's going to change this formula and could mean you now have to pay more taxes. That's right. So every dollar more that you pull out of the IRA, it may be pulling another dollar of Social Security onto the tax return. And so your tax return changes just because your income does. Yeah. So essentially, and we're going to we're going to break this down even even more. I know it's and it might be hard to understand over the radio waves here, but um, once your all of your other income plus half of your Social Security, once it goes one dollar over that threshold of either twenty five thousand if you're single or thirty two thousand if you're married finally jointly. Um, then for every dollar above that, it essentially is pulling a dollar of your Social Security onto your tax return. So every dollar above that is going to cause $2 to be taxed. So we're going to talk about implications and, and then how you can plan ahead, how you can help manage or even avoid this. We've got that more coming up on The Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. Social Security is getting an 8.7% increase for next year. All good news, right? Actually, from a financial planning perspective, there's some work. There's some planning work that you need to do. We're helping you with that right now. This is the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. Thanks for being here. My name is Mike Bernard. With me in the KFG studios, Kevin Corhorn and Josh Gregory. Stay up to date on all Wise Money content. Find us online, wisemoneyshow.com, and then all over social media, wherever you're at. We are there as well. Search the Wise Money Show. All right, so cost of living adjustment for Social Security uh, is 8.7%. You're going to feel it, right? On average, that's going to be about $150 a month increase for next year. Medicare Part B is going down $5. So again, you're actually going to feel this. Your supplement's probably going up in cost. So so uh, it, it's not all you know fully going to drop to the bottom line. However, it may not drop to the bottom line that much because of taxes and this weird rule in which you know, you determine how much of your Social Security is taxed. So let's, Kevin, you want to take another shot at this definition? I'd love to give it a, a shot. I sh- thought Josh did excellent, by the way. Uh, as always. Um, so how how do you determine if your Social Security is taxable and when and how much? Well, typically, you're not going to do it. Typically, your tax preparer is going to do it. And it's confusing because if you say my Social Security benefits that I receive are taxable, that 
for most people, that is a surprise. And most people remember where they were, what day and what time it was when they first learned that. It's that shocking. And Social Security benefits first became taxable back in 1983-84, but the, but the big one was in 1993, and that was uh, the largest tax increase in the history of the world. And they said, hey, here's what we're going to do. If you're single and your modified adjusted gross income, which doesn't that doesn't make any sense to anyone, but basically there's a way to calculate your income, and I think there's a couple big things. If you have municipal bond income, which is income that you don't pay taxes on, Mike, don't smile at me. I'm serious. <laughs> Everyone is tracking with me right I, now. I got you. Yep. Okay, okay. I'm with you. So if you have bonds that you're not paying federal taxes on that, they still include that in the calculation. Mm-hmm. You're like, wait a minute, I'm not paying taxes on it. Nope, but it is going to affect the taxability of your Social Security. And then they take your Social Security, and, of course, if you're a logical person, you know exactly what they do. They cut that number in half and then add it back. And so you say, what in the world? So here's all you need to know. If you're single at 25000 of modified adjusted gross income, it kicks in. And if you're married, it's at thirty-two. And if you say, I'm not even close to either of those numbers, you might not be paying taxes on your Social Security, but you want to look at your tax return with your certified financial planner and understand how this works. If you if you say, <clears throat> excuse me, if you say I'm so far beyond that, it's not even close, you're likely paying taxes on and I'm just gonna say this, all of your social security. I know that's not possible because you can only pay taxes on eighty-five percent of your social security. But I can't tell you the number of times this has been confused. Because if I say to someone, hey, 85% of your social security is going to be taxed. What they can hear, and yeah. it's happened before, oh, yeah. that means that of every dollar of social security I receive, 85 cents is going back to the federal government, right. which true. is not true. That's not true. It just increases your, the, your taxable income and the income that you pay taxes on. So I, you know, there are all these cut this in half and do 85% of this and, and, and these, these various gyrations. And I would just think, hey, if I'm anywhere in the, in the, the $30,000 to $50,000 range of income, I'm probably going to be paying some taxes on my Social Security. And if I'm way beyond that, I'm going to probably pay tax on all of it. And if I'm way below that, I probably am not going to pay tax on any of it. And you just you just want to understand because it's the it's the most um, you know I I always thought if when I retire when people retire our clients retire tax planning will finally get simple no once people retire tax planning finally gets even more complicated that is the truth and and it is social security that makes it more complicated because it. It adds more moving parts. You know, there's mm-hmm. there's unintended consequences when you do pull more money out of your IRA mm-hmm. or you, you raise rent uh, on your tenants or you work that part-time job. It, it all adds more income to the pot, which brings more Social Security into the pot. It's a pretty short runway, though. I mean, for married filing jointly, once that um, – I'm, Kevin, I'm going to say you hit the rumble strips there with your uh, driver's side tires. Uh, so <laughs> I think between the two, between the two, uh, between the, 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 the two explanations, hopefully that makes sense. But if you're, all of your income plus half your social security 
if you're married filing jointly, if that once that gets to 32, some mm-hmm. of your Social Security starts landing and becomes taxable. Once that reaches 44, I mean, most of your Social Security is going to be taxable, 80 up to 85 percent, almost all of it, mm-hmm. to use Kevin's term. So that's a very small window, about 12 grand. That in that window, you go from none of your Social Security being taxed to having taxable income of an extra 12 grand plus a bunch of your Social Security. That could be an enormous tax increase right. for ju- w- with just a small amount. That, that's exactly right. And w- one of the things you need to understand is that historically, that range has never changed. They, right? This okay. is the issue. So no, no, okay. So I, I like what you said, Mike, but I, I'd like to restate it uh, so our fans can understand it. So basically, above a certain amount, every dollar of income that I have is going to bring a dollar of Social Security into the taxable column. Yeah. Uh-huh. Got it. All right. Nailed it. <laughs> so, but here's the thing. Back when this was for, when taxes were first introduced on Social Security in 1983, about 8% of families paid tax on some of their Social Security. Last year, it was 56%. They were expecting with modest cost of living adjustments that 56 would would only become 58% by 2030. This is not modest inflation, guys. Mm-hmm. It's gonna—I'm sure it's gonna go from, you know, 56 to 60 maybe just next year. So here's the issue: the entire this entire kind of planning issue. Social Security is getting a big cost of living adjustment, so that income is increasing. When you apply this calculation, that means more of your Social Security could be taxable. Why? Because that 25,000 of this calculation or 32,000 of this calculation, that's not getting an 8.7% increase. In fact, I haven't looked through all the internet webs, but I don't know if it's ever gotten an increase. Right. So they, no, increased, no, it hasn't. They increased your, your social security, your cost of living adjustment, right? So they increased that. But as far as the bands or these limits at which your income would need to be before social security becomes taxable, they've never increased that. So this is a a slight increase of the temperature on that boiling water that the frog is sitting in. Like th- mm-hmm. this is this is squeezing the middle class. It's increasing taxes in a subverted way. Mm-hmm. And so and so the moral of the story is you want to know because then what the question is, well what can I do about it? And there are a couple things that you can do about it. You're, you're somewhat limited, especially if you're 72 or older and you're into required minimum distribution territory. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, I mean, so that is the big question. What, what can you do about this? Are, are, you, um, are you just stuck or are there any planning opportunities? I would first recommend that you need to prepare. You, you need to see if you are going to be impacted by this and and. To us, that is doing a tax projection this fall. I, I know we've got a month left to the year, but I would I would reach out to your taxpayer if you and if you're not doing, you know, tax planning with the CFP, you obviously need to get that step in, in as well. But do a tax projection to see are you impacted? Yeah, exactly, because even if you are starting to to have to count part of your Social Security in the calculation of your tax return, it doesn't mean that your tax bill is spiking necessarily. Because there's more to the story. What are your other deductions and, and things like that? What, what write-offs do you have to help offset that growing income? 
keep in mind also the tax brackets themselves are going up next year. Mm-hmm. And I, I went through and I kind of did the calculation. Maybe it's already published somewhere, but it's just a fuzz over 7% increase. Yep. I don't know why the government can't coordinate that. You know, why, why <laughs> is it a, a cost of living increase over here at 8.7 or 8.6 some years? Uh, and, you know, the tax rates themselves, why, don't, why doesn't the government use the same number across the board? But, and the, your retirement contributions are expanding in some areas by 10%, by other, in other areas 7%. So, right, it, it's completely inconsistent. But, but yes, you be aware that tax brackets are expanding, so that might help a little bit as well. But you've got to do the planning. You've got you've to project out, will this impact you? And if so, how, you, how can you prepare? If it will impact you, what can you do? We're going to help you with that more. Coming up on The Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial group this is wise money with corhorn financial group social security is getting an increase the calculation that determines whether you're going to pay tax on your social security is not getting an increase therefore more of you are going to pay tax on your social security how can you plan ahead for that we're helping you with that right now this is the wise money show with corhorn financial group thanks for being here my name is mike bernard with me in the kfg studios Kevin Corhorn, Josh Gregory, every episode of the Wise Money Show is on the YouTube channel, as well as a lot of other content all throughout the work week. We're adding content there. So go to YouTube, search the Wise Money Show, and uh, subscribe to it there. Leave comments there, questions as well. We appreciate that. So that's the crux of the, of the issue. It's fantastic. If you're on Social Security, quote unquote, if you're on a fixed income, or if you're age 60 or older, or is it 62? I can't remember. I think it's 60. Um, and you're, and, no, 62. And you're, not drawing Social Security just yet, you're still going to get this increase added to your benefit. But they're not expanding the the thresholds at which, well, will that benefit be taxable? So this means more people are going to have to pay tax on their Social Security. What should you do about it? The very first thing is not wonder. Not wonder. I was meeting with someone uh, just recently and brand new client was coming in meeting with me and uh, another one of our um, all-star CFPs and we're looking at their taxes and owed 11 grand on the taxes. And I was pointing to that saying, what, are you doing any tax planning? Was this a surprise? Oh, total surprise. How, how'd that feel? Yeah, I definitely don't want to do that again. <laughs> it, absolutely. Right. So we're pointing out this could be a surprise, could impact you. And, and again, it's, it's not just social security. It's, well, why did social security increase? Because everything costs more. Okay. Well, if you're on a fixed income and it's nice of you, Josh, to say, well, you might be raising rent. You might have a part-time income. I think that's rare for, for social security recipients. What's most likely is, yeah, I'm drawing more out of my IRA. Mm-hmm. I'm draw I'm drawing more out of my investment accounts. And therefore I've got more income showing up on my, on my tax return because you know, life costs more. Well, all of a sudden, even though tax brackets are expanding, so maybe you're going to stay in the 12% tax bracket. It's still because this calculation for Social Security and whether it's taxable or not isn't changing at all, that means you're going to have to pay more tax on your Social Security. Yeah, and if we go back to the calculus that you used in the first segment, Mike, you said the average person is going to get $150 per month more. Well, if 85% of that is taxable, then you would say, okay, in essence, I just got $130 a month more to pay taxes on. And then you say, okay, well, I need to make a provision for that on the federal side of life. Uh, depending on the state that you live in, most states don't have you pay tax on that social right. security. So that's so that's sort of the second action item then. It, once you 
project out. Once you do the planning, say, am, am I impacted? You then need to figure out, well, how am I going to cover the taxes? And it is very, very confusing and difficult to withhold taxes on your Social Security, yeah. but you right. can do it. Yeah. You can do it. There's an actual form that you need to print out and mail in. Or And they give you like three numbers to choose yes, from, right? Yes. 10%. I, don't know, I, think, I think they've added a couple. So it's, okay. it's 7 and a half, 10, 12, 22, I think. But, but, but the point is, if the right amount is 17%, that doesn't mean that's one of your options, right? So you've got to do that math. You've got to figure it out. I mean, the other option is you could increase withholdings on other income. Mm-hmm. So your mm-hmm. IRA withdrawals, you could withhold twenty percent on those to help cover how much your Social Security, how much of your Social Security will be taxable. That's exactly right. And many of you, if you're in retirement, you've gotten into the habit. It's just part of your annual routine. On a quarterly basis, you send a check in to the to the government, or you maybe pay online, but there are quarterly estimates that you can pay. And this is another one of the ways that you can get fairly precise on how much you want to send to the government based on a tax projection. And so having a, a certified financial planner and a CPA on your team collaborating and building a, this tax projection, it allows you to know with not perfect certainty. There's always some uncertainty on a tax projection. It's your it's your best guesstimate as to where you're going to land. But that best guesstimate can really often sniff out some of the surprises that that catch people come tax time. And uh, this this issue of Social Security is one of the ways that a tax return can swing fairly wildly from one year to the next. Because as you take action in your financial life, as you draw more money out of your IRA, as Mike was saying, you could be having unintended consequences on the amount of Social Security that's counted. And you could go from owing no tax one year to all of a sudden you owe a couple grand the next year just because of some action that you took without first measuring uh, what the tax consequences would be. I think this is fairly common. I mean, how often have you guys seen this scenario where an individual is, you know, has done a great job managing their lifestyle, their expenses, and they've got cash saved up. And so the first several years of retirement, they're barely taking anything out of their IRA, you know, not not much mm-hmm. at all and mm-hmm. living mostly on Social Security, maybe a small pension. And then 72 hits. And instead of taking six grand total out of their IRA, they now need to take 25 grand out. Right. And all of a sudden, it's not that extra, you know, amount of the IRA that's taxable. They it, That extra amount of their IRA grabs all of their social security and makes mm-hmm. it all taxable. So what's the math there? 19,000 extra of income that's that's pulled out of the IRA all of a sudden means $32,000 of of more income is taxed, something like that. Mm-hmm. So that's where doing that proactive tax planning, that multi-year tax projection sounds so geeky, but compared to the other stuff we've talked about today, that probably sounds <laughs> cool. Um, that That's where you can plan ahead to say, well, how could I avoid this? And, and that's where I want to turn that. Oh, go ahead, Josh. Well, I was going to say, it's not just avoid the surprise taxation of your Social Security. Yes, we want to avoid that, but you also don't want to miss opportunities. And a tax projection might reveal to you that all of your Social Security is already counted on the tax return. You know, the, the, the worst that it gets is 85% of your Social Security could be counted. That's as bad as it will be. Mm-hmm. And once you've reached that level, any more income that you add to your return, maybe you do a Roth conversion or maybe you uh, sell some investments at a gain, uh, whatever it is, all that extra income, it doesn't cause more of this Social Security pain. 
in fact, there may be still some room within the tax bracket that you're in where you, you want to intentionally raise your, your income. Right. So it's like the exact opposite strategy of what we were, we were talking about. And that could be an opportunity for you in a, in a given year to pay some taxes at, a, at the lowest possible rate and uh, not let a year go by where you haven't looked at a Roth conversion or raising some of those capital gains, that kind of thing. I mean, so if, if you've got your Social Security and you've got uh, a small pension and you're at RMD age, and all that means the majority of your Social Security is going to be taxed, you're already capping that out, but you're still in the 12% tax bracket, Psh, may want to do some Roth conversions up mm-hmm. to the top of that, that 12% tax bracket. Um, because listen, you're going to be in that 12% tax bracket for the rest of your life. Social Security is not going anywhere. Your pension hopefully isn't going anywhere. Your required minimum distribution is required every single year unless they uh, they pull the ripcord and say, no, not this year or whatever. Um, so it may make sense to do some Roth conversion. At that point, if you're already in RMD stage, you've got to take your RMD first. Just know that, okay? And you probably want to withhold a decent amount of tax on that RMD so that when you do your Roth conversion, you don't need to withhold on that. So yes, be aware, do, do planning to see, is this going to impact you so that you can plan ahead, but then also identify opportunities. Some of those opportunities could be, Hey, how can you avoid this altogether? How can you avoid this, you know, Mm -hmm. getting pinched here, having the middle class squeeze? Um, I, I mean, one thing you could do is avoid or reduce other income sources. Sometimes guys, you probably see this as well. Someone's drawing money out of their IRA. Maybe this is before 72 and a half. 72 and a half before I <laughs> 72 and they really need three grand a month that covers their basic bills but they're drawing four because yeah that feels a little bit better I've got a little bit of cushion well if you don't and and there's a little pride of yeah I'm actually adding a little bit to the savings account every month okay you're drawing an extra thousand dollars out and adding it as taxable income and that's causing more of your social security to be taxed if you don't need it don't take it mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There's some people that are drawing out of their IRA so that they can give money charitably to their organization that they they care most about. Maybe it's their church or another mission of some sort. If you draw that money out and take it to your bank, it's going to be counted as a withdrawal or as an additional income. If you instead send it straight to that charity of, of choice then uh, it can be avoided. This is all if you're over age 70 and a half. Yeah, so qualified charitable distribution, yep. right? So qualified charitable distribution. We see that all the time as well. You know, I've been I've been tithing for my entire life, and so I, I'm just going to do it the way I've always done it. That's a huge deal, and you can't do a QCD from your 403B. Right. We, we, I was just dealing with some clients that wanted to do that, yeah. and I've been extolling the virtues yeah. Of, of not having the money in the 403B. Yeah, yeah, got it. All right, so what are some other things that you can do to help avoid this? And then what if you're not impacted by this at all? There's still planning work for you to do. We got that more coming up on the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. Thanks for being here. This is the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. My name is Mike Bernard. With me in the KFG studios, Kevin Corhorn and Josh Gregory. Every episode of the Wise Money Show is on podcast, wherever you listen. Just search the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. Subscribe to us there or follow us there and rate the program as well. We we appreciate that. We're talking about right now the great news that your Social Security, if you're on Social Security, is going to get an 8.7% increase next year. Biggest increase in 40 years. However, the 
calculation to determine if you're going to pay tax on your Social Security, that's not changing at all whatsoever. So you got a 5.9% increase last year. You got an 8.7% increase for this upcoming year. And all of that compounds to more people are going to have to pay tax on their Social Security. When you further say life's getting more expensive, so the what I'm supplementing my Social Security with, I'm probably needing to draw more out. I, it, there, I, I would say up to 60% of people are going to pay tax on their Social Security, where a few years ago that was significantly less. So how do you plan for this? And what are some ways you can avoid it? We left off on the QCD, the Qualified Charitable Distribution Kevin, expand on that a little bit. So the qualified charitable distribution means I can give money from my IRA directly to a charity, whichever charity I'm so inclined. And if I was going to give $1,000, the $1,000 goes from my IRA at whatever custodian, you know, Fidelity, Schwab, whatever, to that charity, and it doesn't show up on my tax return, mm-hmm. which means because typically what you would do is you you take a thousand dollars out of your IRA, you'd give it to the charity, it shows up on your tax return, and then you it's deducted from your federal if you itemized. Mm-hmm. If you Most didn't, people don't anymore, right. right? And if you don't itemize, then you're going to pay taxes on that. And you say, well, wait a minute, I'm not going to pay taxes on it because I gave it to a charity. Actually, yes, you will. But the but the sweetener, and this is why I believe the default value for if I'm 70 and a half and I'm charitably inclined, I need to be giving out of my IRA directly to a charity. Because if you give directly to the charity, you do not pay federal taxes and you do not pay state taxes. Mm-hmm. And, and most people don't, don't spend a lot of time thinking about such matters. But if you give... Uh, $20,000 a year to your church and you itemize. You that's going to your your federal taxable income will be reduced by whatever your itemized is, but at least that including that 20,000 that you gave to your church. Well, that's a below the line deduction, so you will pay state taxes on that $20,000 that you pulled out of your IRA. Mm-hmm. So this is where it's and there it, so there's a little bit of work involved. But once it's set up, and some people say, well, I give monthly to my church. Well, you can set it up to give monthly out of your IRA directly to the church. There, so it, and it's, it's, not, it's not perfect. So you might look at it and say, well, I understand the concept. It's not for me. But I've not yet met the person where fi- just financially, and, and we represent your financial life, financially it's better to pull money out of my IRA, let that show up on my tax return, and then write a check for that money to... Yeah. Uh, Let me um, add one more benefit to the the pile for these qualified charitable distributions. And it goes back to what this show has been all about. It's what, what kind of impact does Social Security have on your tax picture? And when when you no longer have those charitable contributions first landing on your tax return and then going to the the charity, instead that that income coming out of the IRA never even lands on the tax return. That may well that will have an impact on that crazy calculation we were talking about earlier in the show. How much of your social security is gonna have to be countable on the tax return? The more income you have, the more of your social security is gonna be counted. The less income you have, the less of the social security. So if if instead of 
uh, counting that $1,000 IRA contribution on, on your tax re- distribution, thank you, um, that withdrawal on your tax return, you're reducing your, your overall income. And it may mean that some of your Social Security no longer has to be counted as well. So it's almost like getting a double tax benefit by doing these qualified charitable distributions. This is the type of thing that gets revealed when you're doing tax projections and you're doing true proactive planning with your certified financial planner. When they ask you about, hey, tell me about some of the organizations that you care about, or I see on your tax return that you've been contributing to such and such an organization. That's because there may be some tax benefits that you could be leveraging if you just change the way that you do your giving. That's right. That's right. I feel like that deserves an amen or, or something. Uh, <laughs> some other ways to manage your income or avoid this this uh, Social Security taxation issue. If the market, if you've got some dollars in non-IRA accounts, non-tax sheltered accounts, and the market served up some lemons for you this year, uh, like it has for everyone, maybe there's some capital losses that you can capture at the beginning of next year or something like that to help bring that adjusted gross income down. Um, If you are working part-time to supplement your income, if you've gone back to work because, gosh, there's been so many, such a great employment need and costs are going up, that extra income could cause you, could allow you to make a deductible IRA contribution. Now do that very carefully because that might feel good in the moment you get a tax deduction, but it's going to come with a requirement to draw some of that money out. So do planning, but in, in a unique circumstance, that might help, right? It, it might be, it might be appropriate. So, okay. Now let's, let's spend the remaining moments talking to those of you that have suffered through this entire conversation <laughs> and are not on social security. Should, is there, are there any action items that you should take from this, from this information? Absolutely. Yeah. And one of the things is if you are, if you are involved at all in your parents' finances and your parents are in this sweet spot that we're talking about, anywhere from 62 to 102, I would, I would help them with their tax planning because I can't tell you the number of times someone has, has, uh, we're working with a couple and they're like, well, I, I think, you know, my, my dad needs some help with some things with his finances. It's not complicated at all. And he doesn't even pay taxes. And so you look and dad's doing his, you know, he's got social security. He does his required minimum distribution and he's below the threshold where he's paying federal taxes, but he's got this big IRA. Yeah. And you're like, well, Someone's going to pay taxes on dad's big IRA, and if that money comes to you, you're going to pay taxes at your rate. What if dad paid just a little bit of taxes over a number of years at a considerably lower rate? Mm-hmm. So we, this, this, um, I haven't found a great way to say this that doesn't, that, that, that doesn't have a shock value, but it's not supposed to have a shock value. The idea is I want you to pay as much as you can in taxes at the lowest possible rate. Absolutely. Which means over your lifetime, you'll be paying the least amount of taxes possible. You know, one of the other principles of financial planning is that we also want you to have as many choices and options as possible. We want more flexibility in your financial life, more more avenues or different paths that you can take, especially as you get out there into retirement. And one of the ways that you can help maximize your flexibility and and nimbleness when it comes to tax planning 
is getting to retirement with more than just money in your 401k at work. Building up things like a health savings account if you're eligible, or a Roth IRA, which is a tax-free bucket of money that you could draw upon when you get out there to uh, the Social Security years. And this could be important because you never know when you may have some big major expense that that uh, surprises you in a given year. And if you were to pull the money out of just an old 401k or an IRA, it may have those unintended consequences on your social security taxation. Like it, it may be extra painful to pull it from that account. Whereas a Roth IRA is a tax-free place for you to go tap into the resources that you planned ahead for. It just gives you more choice, more options, more planning possibilities when you get to retirement. Yeah, I, I mean, We've said this. So what was this now? 40 years. They have not changed the calculation as to how much income you need to earn in order to pay tax on your Social Security. So if you're in your 40s or you're in your 50s, I wouldn't bet the farm that they're going to all of a sudden make it easier for you. It'll probably be worse. In fact, when it is it a coincidence, maybe, maybe not, that they first introduced taxation of Social Security after the last time we had crazy surging inflation and the government was in all sorts of hot water. So do planning, do planning, even if you're not in the social security stage yet, do proactive planning. It will have immense benefits compounded over your lifetime. All right. That's all the time we have for today on behalf of Josh Gregory, Kevin Corhorn, all of us at Corhorn Financial Group. Have a great weekend. We'll see you next Saturday for the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. I mean, who uses the word provisional? Nobody. That's why you have to tuck it in every once in a while. So smarty, <laughs> smarty, smart, smarty pants. All right. So, securities offered through Silver Oak Securities, member FINRA/SIPC. Advisory services offered through KFG Wealth Management LLC. Doing business as Corhorn Financial Group, KFG Wealth Management LLC, and Silver Oak Securities Incorporated companies are unaffiliated.